Say goodbye to your credit card rewards. Greedy corporate mega stores, led by Walmart and Target, are pushing for a law in Congress to take away your hard-earned cash back and travel points to line their pockets. The Durbin Marshall Credit Card Bill would enact harmful credit card routing mandates that would end credit card rewards as we know it. If you love your credit card rewards, tell your lawmakers, hands off my rewards. Tell them to oppose the Durbin Marshall Credit Card Bill. All right, here we go. See what happens. Hi, everybody. Welcome back to Gilmore to Say with Tara and Haley. I'm Tara. This is Haley. Hi, Haley. Hi, Tara. So on our last episode, you started out by asking me a very specific question. And what's interesting is that for our besties, this episode was a week ago, right? Yep. For us, it's actually two days later, which is fascinating because we usually don't record an episode for the following week until this week's episode has been released. Yeah. You started last week's episode out by asking me a very specific question. And I'm here to tell you that the answer has changed from no to yes. (gasps) Has it? It has. I listened to it about a half hour ago. Tell tell everyone what you listened to. I listened to All Too Well, the 10-minute version. Wait, you didn't start with the five-minute version? No. Wow, crazy wild. You know what's interesting? It didn't feel like 10 minutes. It doesn't. No, it flies. It really, really flies. How did you feel? Oh my gosh, this is a moment. It's a beautiful song. I enjoyed it. I did not cry. I think if I had listened to it at a different point in my life, I probably would have cried. Yeah. I related to it very well. All too well or just very well? All too well. But I think that a lot of people relate to the song because everybody at some point in their lives has been here. But I think that I needed the perspective that you gave me of like sharing with me that the five minute version was less gaslighty. The 10 minute version kind of makes it seem like she's trying to convince herself, convince like this guy, like I remember what happened. Yeah. You can deny it all you want to, but like I was there and I remember it. And I think had I not had that frame of reference, I don't know that I necessarily would have grasped that. Okay. I feel like listening to the five minute next is mm-hmm. the is the next way to go mm-hmm. because you can like see how different they are and like what was added because like personally I have a really hard time singing the five minute version now because it just all of the all of like the added lines from the 10 minute just like hit differently. That's just like the version of the song in my mind now. I of course I understand. But you just liked it. That's it. Yeah, no, I really liked, I like Taylor Swift's music. I mean, I've spoken to this on the podcast before. I really like her music. She's a beautiful lyricist. Did you have a favorite part of it? Favorite line? Um, I had a couple of lines that like really spoke to me. Um, Namely, the first one was, um, well, I remembered you quoting, you call me up again <laughs> just to break me like a promise. And so like when oh. that line came up, I was, and also that's a really great like part of the song because it gets really intense. That's also in the five minute though. Oh, okay. Okay. Um, But I did like the line, the idea you had of me, who was she? Because I do feel like all too often, and this is not just with men, women do it too. Like in relationships, you have an idea of this person and then sometimes they don't live up to that idea. And it's like, we've set ourselves up for expectations. So I love that she poses the question, like the idea you had of me, who was she? Like, who was this? girl 
Because it wasn't me. And it's like not anything that they could ever be. Because mm-hmm. like the idea you had of me, who was she? A never needy, ever lovely jewel who shine reflect on you. And that's what we, that's what I said in the Jess episode mm-hmm. of like romanticizing him of like, he almost was the one that was romanticizing Rory. It's like, mm-hmm. who did Jess see Rory as? And like never allowing her the space to change into someone else. Yeah. And also, like, throughout their relationship that she never needed him to step up. Like, she did. She needed him to show up. Maybe not in the exact same way Dean did because he showed up fucking everywhere. But, like, you know, like, he needed to show up in some ways. I kind of feel like that way about Rory, though, about the line of, um, oh, fuck, I'm forgetting it right now. Um, So we were dead and gone and buried. Check the pulse and come back swearing it's the same after three months in the grave. It kind of feels like Rory of like when her and Logan ended things Mm -hmm. where she just thought those like months that passed were just them like kind of on a break that like that they're coming back into this like the same. Yeah. I don't know. There's so many parts of the song that I feel like could relate to various characters. Oh, for sure. The other line that really spoke to me and it's repeated multiple times or like the beginning of it is repeated multiple times is just between us did the love affair mean you too? Oh. Because I really do feel like all too often people who go through a breakup, I don't want to stereotype all breakups because I yeah. know that they can be really heartbreaking on on both ends and that everybody copes differently, but I have oftentimes found myself in breakups where I'm looking at the other person and I'm like, "Are you impacted by this the yeah. same way I'm impacted by this because I'm fucking heartbroken on the floor in a heap and you seem to be fine. You seem to be perfectly okay." And that's why the song Mr. Perfectly Fine is one oh. of my favorites. I could talk about that song for days. That's like the saddest thing to me is that that was not released with the original Fearless. That's one of my favorite songs on Fearless. I completely agree. I have to also say that that song in particular, I heard for the first time on TikTok because that song was like a sound for some people. And when I heard that at first, I was like, oh, she's signing off of a relationship with a man who was just perfectly mediocre. So that was the framework of what I went into the song with, not like, oh, you're doing okay. I'm heartbroken. You're fine. But I have been in situations where it was like both meanings could be applicable. Like, yeah, like you're perfectly fine. How are you? Okay. I'm heartbroken on the floor only to then discover like that was a perfectly fine man. He was just fine. Wasn't anything special. Wasn't anything to write home back. (laughs) I'm heartbroken over mediocrity. (laughs) Yes, exactly. Heartbroken over mediocrity is what I thought the theme of the song was. And I do think that there can be a double meaning behind it, but I recognize now that it's meant to be like you're perfectly fine. How's your heart after breaking mine? Yeah. It's interesting that you connect those two songs because I feel like being a vault song, there are parts of Mr. Perfectly Fine that made its way into All Too All Well. Too well. Because yeah. Because the idea, um, Mr. Casually Cruel, mm-hmm. she didn't release that song, but she used that line in mm-hmm. All Too Well. So mm-hmm. it feels like those kind of like, even though supposedly they're written about different people, feel like the thematically the sentiment is still the same for sure uh it took me uh to the mr perfectly fine place because yeah did the love affair maim you too just between us though yeah because clearly like to everybody else front facing you're fine but just between us tell me like did this hurt tell me it hurt 
You know, do you remember it? Tell That's me you remember kind of it. That's where I feel like Rory and Jess about it because the line before that is, did the twin flame bruise paint you blue? Just between us, did the love affair maim you too? Mm-hmm. That like, that's what people call Rory and Jess. I don't know if I necessarily agree with it, but they call them twin yeah, flames Yeah, we talked about time. that on our on our Jess episode yeah. many months back, that they're twin flames. You're totally right. I forgot about that. But that was like, a, that line was a huge deal because Taylor did a TikTok before Red Taylor's version came out. And mm-hmm. at the end of it, she was writing just between us did the love affair mean you too and Mm. everyone was like what is that from and it ended up being in the 10 minute version oh so this is not in the five minute version no it's not oh yeah wow it's great yeah that was my favorite lyric um i think from from the entire song i i did i really liked it i just didn't cry so i didn't want to set up your expectations to be like i loved it i'm in a ball (laughs) on the floor inconsolable i kind of wanted you to be though i did did not expect you to like if you're just like listening to it casually and not exactly and not going through anything that like in the immediate moment that would put me in a place to be and not that you have to be to like get emotional about a song I'm a very empathetic person and can and can really like I'm a Pisces moon though so like I'm always in my feelings so they're Mm. always like readily accessible for me to yeah, feel right them. at the surface just <laughs> sitting deeply. there waiting yeah. to be let out for yeah. sure <laughs> but yeah I I really really liked it a lot I again love her music and love being escorted into songs that I've yeah. never heard before by people that's exactly who love what her. I'm doing to you I'm grabbing you bringing you to the front of the line <laughs> but I feel like the next step is to watch the film and then maybe the final step is to listen to the five minute version okay you know just like backwards Okay. Mix it all up. Grab bag. Grab bag your way into Taylor's version. All right. I'll keep you posted on that. But speaking of Taylor Swift, we are recording this a little bit early. So for the girlies, it's been August for a week. But today is the start of Taylor Swift month. Because you know that that's yeah. my favorite song off of that album. You're I'm a folklore, folklore girly. girly. Yeah. So we got to, you know, salt the air today. Love. Put the rust on your door. Yeah. I've never wanted anything more. Living for the hope of it all. <laughs> it's just such a good song, man. Do you know the dance? Do you know the TikTok dance? Absolutely not. <laughs> We'll get you to learn it. (laughs) Okay. I don't know about that. But anyway, happy August. Happy Taylor Swift month. Also, speaking of our last episode, we ended on posing a really big question regarding Lorelai and Rory and the way that they treat their friends, namely when it comes to Lorelai's treatment of Rory's friends. Because obviously, as we know, why am I losing my voice today? You know what it was? I ate cheesecake before I came on here. And now I'm thinking of Paris and the WPMs and when she asks Lorelai if she gave Rory milk because it slows you down because you can't have milk and then like talk because it slows you down (laughs) now I'm starting to think she was correct because I just ate a slice of cheesecake and I can't talk it's slowing you down god I can't say a damn thing today anyway we posed the question of whether or not Lorelai is a better friend to Rory's friends than Rory is because as we know, the show rests on the shoulders of the friendship and the bond between Lorelai and Rory and how their relationship is more like friends than mother and daughter. So of course, Lorelai is also going to be a pal to Rory's pals, you know? Yeah, 100%. But interestingly, we posed this question on our Instagram to all of our besties to answer. And there were so many that were like, a resounding moment between Lorelai and Lane and Lorelai and Paris that people kept bringing up. There were so many of those, but there were also little moments that we're going to talk about here that I think kind of beg the question of like, were these friendship moments or were these pseudo parent moments? Well, I think that that's actually a really interesting question because of what you were talking about of like the nature of the show of like, I think that what we've 
ultimately decided here on Patreon, wherever, is that it's really hard to classify them regardless of the fact of like that's how the show is built of like they're more like friends and mother and daughter Mm -hmm. because like that's just so hard to it's not the same answer answer for both of them like Rory is more like a friend to Lorelai than maybe she is a daughter Mm. but Lorelai is always going to be more like a mother than she is a friend to Rory like there's just no way because the decision like we've said before is always with the mother Mm -hmm. the daughter can never decide that like they are more friend than mom for sure unless it's like later in life but like at this point she's a teenager Mm -hmm. So it's really all on Lorelai. So I think it's interesting to ask that question about her friends where you're right. She is naturally going to like kind of feel like she's a pal to Rory's friends because of the nature of how she feels about Rory. Mm -hmm. She's going to kind of feel like a contemporary of theirs, Mm -hmm. regardless of the fact that she's twice their age. So it's interesting to classify whether or not these moments that like our besties submitted on Instagram are friend moments or pseudo mother moments mm-hmm. because I think that's also sometimes hard to do with Rory and Lorelai. Yeah, because Lorelai's definition of being a parent does fall in line with being a friend. Yeah, and it like fluctuates because like it's like she could never play the mom card. I guess like as far as she does with Rory with her friends, but she doesn't not. Well, yeah, you know? I mean, I think with Lane especially, there are moments where she has to play the mom card. And I think a lot of that falls in line with her allegiance to Mrs. Kim as a mother, because we just talked about this recently on our Patreon with Double Date. We talked about how Rory lied to her mom so that her mom didn't have to lie to Mrs. Kim. Yeah, and Lorelai says, I can't lie to another mother, which is very selective. Sometimes she can. (laughs) Yeah, or sometimes she, like, kind of turns a blind eye to the fact that she knows that Lane is lying to her mother. It's just a matter of whether or not Lorelai herself is lying to Mrs. Kim. Yeah. That, I think, is when Lorelai plays the mom card with Lane. But with Paris, I don't really feel like she has the room to. (laughs) I think sometimes it's because Lorelai is intimidated by Paris. I was gonna say I think she's scared of her a little bit to be fair I am fair fair like in those early seasons I would skirt around Paris at school 1000% but I think it's a lot like what you were saying before she has an allegiance to Mrs. Kim that she doesn't necessarily have with Paris's mom Mm -hmm. because she sees her that one time and she's like oh I'm looking really good to you right now she says to Rory and Mm -hmm. she's like yes you are so I don't I think she sees when it comes to Paris she sees more of like sometimes a girl who like maybe needs a hug like needs like some motherly affection nurturing yeah yeah and like doesn't necessarily want to step in because she doesn't have that sort of relationship with Paris's mom whereas with Lane she has a respect for Mrs. Kim and the way that she's raising Lane that like even if she doesn't totally agree with it and it's not how she would raise Lane she doesn't want to step too far into it Mm -hmm. while still recognizing that Lane needs like a pal and sometimes some motherly affection that she doesn't get from her mom yeah for sure which is interesting because both of their moms are arguably kind of like her mother so wow I didn't think about that you're totally right so I guess she connects with these girls more knowing that they have mothers like hers, which kind of makes them feel more like friends than Yeah, I was about to say, is it a way that Lorelai can relate to these girls and like what they might need and kind of anticipate that Mm. because she can have this connection with them about bad parents? Mm -hmm. Like in the same sort of way, like not to bring him up, which we haven't in a long time, is like that's kind of why she finally connects with Logan Mm. of like, 
if there's anyone who understands disappointing family, it's me. And like, I honestly think that season seven would have had a connection between Lorelai and Logan that we never actually got to see because of these ways that she connected with Rory's friends, whose like parents never really showed up for them exactly how they needed them to. Mm. So it's like, is that why Rory kind of can't always like make the leap with these friends and what they might need because she doesn't see it all the way? Mm. That's a really good question. Thank you. You're welcome. <laughs> well, let's break some of these down. Yeah. Let's share some of the things that people said on our Instagram. Do we want to start with Paris or Lane? I don't know. Oh, is that what you're about to say? I'll ask you the same thing. Of course. Whatever you want to do. Well, Paris is the top of my list. So let's start with Paris. Okay, let's start with Paris. You know what's funny is that I feel like with Lane, it was like a heavy Lorelai Lane moment was like almost every single answer in our question box. But for Paris, it definitely varied. But the number one at the top of the list is when they have their lunches together at the Dragonfly in season six when Rory has dropped out of Yale. I like really commend Lorelai for that because is this after the phone call? when she calls Rory and she's like okay this is what Dorilla and I are doing this is how much our rent is going to cost you should move in with us and she's like I'm not coming back and this is kind of like she thought that she was joking up until this point Paris finally realizes that she's not Mm -hmm. and she shows up at Lorelai's house Mm -hmm. what is it that she says something like pull some of that Superman crap yeah Superwoman mom mom crap crap. yeah but it ultimately ends up being more about Paris than about Rory because she says that Rory's her only friend that stays in the room until she's finished talking and she needs Rory because she needs that competition like that's how she made it through Chilton that's how she's making it through Yale Mm -hmm. is by having Rory there to compete with Mm -hmm. which is so funny and Lorelai takes that as an opportunity to give Paris her phone number. Which was bold. Yeah, because Luke even asks her, did you give her your real phone number? (laughs) (laughs) Unfortunately, she did. But what do you think that that says about what Lorelai is willing to do in that moment like when she gives her her phone number and like ultimately like says call me when you need me yeah is it because that there's some part of her that's like in agreement that like I also can't believe Rory's not at school Mm -hmm. so like maybe I'll you'll be my pseudo daughter during this time period and like as much as she like is like struggling to get through these lunches. She's still showing up and she like cannot bring herself to break up with her. Mm -hmm. Is it just because Paris is Paris or do you feel like she feels like some sort of like guilt about it? Like, why do you think she gave her her number to begin with? That's a great question. I don't necessarily think that it was like a pseudo daughter situation. I think that there could be some truth to that, but I also think that like Lorelai knows better than to expect (laughs) anything like what she has in her relationship with Rory with Paris. Oh no. More of just like she can put that energy somewhere. For sure, for sure. Like part that of it is like is she em- the advice. yeah is she like embarrassed that Rory is not at school and like is not upholding her end of a friendship with Paris, so she feels like she needs to step in. Well, I think that Lorelai did that a lot arguably for Rory's friends. Like in Rory's absence, Lorelai kind of took the wheel and we can talk about that a little bit more when we get into lane yeah but speaking of paris a moment when she kind of takes the wheel is in season one in concert interrupt us which we're about to break down on patreon because she gives up the bangles tickets to rory and these girls who seemingly don't like her just so that rory can make friends yeah and it ends up kind of being like the early stages of bonding between Paris and Rory. And for that reason, I think that like Lorelai's just used to making up for Rory's shortcomings. And I think that it's less about being a pseudo parent to 
Paris. And I think this is more of a friendship moment of like, we can bond over the fact that like, we're both heartbroken that Rory is doing what she's doing. We feel like we've lost a piece of ourselves. Like you're not alone in this. Yeah. Even if we're not going to have like a mushy full house moment about it, we can still commiserate. Yeah. Misery loves company. Yeah. Hmm. I never thought of it like that because I I always thought that like when it came to Paris, it was more pseudo mother. Mm. And I'm sure there are pieces to that that are true. Yeah. And you also watch season six more than I do. So yeah, fair. (laughs) I'm kind of like pulling from the crevices of my brain right now to really remember what the energy was like, you know, because the moment that like also came from that that I'm thinking of from season six is at Rory's birthday party when she tells them about the Yale Daily News. Lorelai sees that Rory's upset about this, mm-hmm. that Paris is announcing this. But she looks to Paris and she's like, that's great, Paris. Mm-hmm. She's obviously not going to be like, how dare you? Rory wanted that. And now she's upset. <laughs> but course. she still kind of celebrates her in that moment, which like, I don't know if that's a friend moment or a pseudo parent moment, mm-hmm. or if that's just like a, we're at a party and the only nice response right now is to say congratulations. Yeah, I think that could go either way as well, because we don't know what kind of encouragement or validation Paris's parents give to her especially after she goes to college because it kind of feels like we don't hear about them at all yeah it kind of seems like none because once she gets her life coach Terrence Mm -hmm. (laughs) Terrence is the one that told Paris that her and Lorelai's journey was also not over Mm -hmm. which it seems like Terrence can like predict the future because that was entirely true speaking of the Bengals concert a lot of people put in like favorite Lorelai Paris moments that moment the Bengals concert and it's interesting because like I don't think of that as like a Lorelai Paris moment because I think like I said before I think Lorelai did it for Rory I don't think Lorelai did it no for Paris (laughs) no not at all but I think that if we look at that we could have started there because I feel like that's kind of the sneak peek that Paris gets into what Lorelai is like as a mother Mm. and in the ways that I feel like Lorelai sort of reaches to Lane and pulls her in. I feel like it's sometimes the other way around with Paris, where Paris reaches out to Lorelai and pulls her in. Mm. So we're getting like the preview of what Lorelai is like because when they do go to find Madeline and Louise at that apartment that they just like happen to find Mm -hmm. miraculously in the city, Mm -hmm. Paris is like, this is the best night ever. Like seeing this happen and seeing Lorelai like break down that door, or not really, but like energy wise break down the door and she's getting this glimpse into like what it would be like to have a Lorelai in her life Mm -hmm. and I think she loves it yeah so I look at that moment as almost like a preview for Paris of like what reaching out to Lorelai could be like yeah I have been a Book of the Month member since 2019. Getting their signature bright blue box delivered to my door has been the most fun part of my month for years. Book of the Month's mission is to help readers discover new books they love and to promote the work of emerging authors. Their editorial team reads hundreds of new titles, making it so easy to pick your next read. I only have to browse their highly anticipated selections to find my next favorite book. What did you end up picking for May? I picked a book I know is going to be the perfect beach, lake, park, back porch, basically outdoor sunny anywhere read, and that is The Paradise Problem. Oh my god, I loved that one. I know you love Christina Lauren, but this is actually my first time reading a book by them. The Paradise Problem is a bit like if Succession was a rom-com taking place during a wedding week on a tropical island. That is actually the perfect description for that book. 
Fans of our show will love it for the complex family relationships and the banter between these two as they fall in love. I cannot wait to take it to the park to read. What did you pick? Speaking of complex family relationships, I picked Real Americans by Rachel Kong. This book takes a deep dive into the Chen family via a nonlinear storyline as Lily falls in and out of love, and 15 years later, her son Nick starts wondering who his biological father is. I love that we never stray too far from a good story of family drama, but all the books from Book of the Month are good, so you can't go wrong. You also can't go wrong with the price. New release hardcovers can be so expensive, but go to bookofthemonth.com and use code PASTEL to get your first book for just $5 this month only. That's code P-A-S-T-E-L at bookofthemonth.com to get your first book for $5 with free shipping always. Say goodbye to your credit card rewards. Greedy corporate mega stores led by Walmart and Target are pushing for a law in Congress to take away your hard-earned cash back and travel points to line their pockets. The Durbin Marshall credit card bill would enact harmful credit card routing mandates that would end credit card rewards as we know it. If you love your credit card rewards, tell your lawmakers, hands off my rewards. Tell them to oppose the Durbin Marshall credit card bill. And then in between that, what moments stand out to you as far as like favorite Lorelai Paris moments, whether they're, you know, pseudo mother or friendship? I feel like there aren't a ton of them, honestly. I agree. And certainly when you measure it up against Lane, who, yeah. you know, we're going to get into in, in a second, the number of, of moments between the two of them feel like a lot less. And I think that's in part because of the nature of Rory and Paris's friendship. Mm-hmm. Paris spent a long time in high school denying the fact that they were even really friends. Yeah. And then when we get to college, we kind of see that same thing from Rory. And the idea that we presented is that it's kind of when Rory falls off that we see Paris like needing Lorelai mm-hmm. because she's kind of like her replacement Lorelai mm-hmm. because she's also named Lorelai. Mm-hmm. Because in early season four, when Rory won't open the door for like the floor party, mm-hmm. At Yale, she calls Lorelai and is like telling her to like convince her daughter to do totally. it. Totally. A lot of people put that <laughs> down too. Because even in um, season five, but I'm a Gilmore when she gets everyone tacos, Ugh. it feels like, you know, like she's her friend. Like she's just one of Rory's friends. And it's almost the times when Rory isn't showing up for Paris that we have to look at, which is kind of hard because in a way that Lane gets like pushed off to the side naturally because she's not at Chilton, she's not at Yale, she's not her boyfriend. Paris doesn't really get that Mm -hmm. because Paris is in Chilton Paris is at Yale and it's not until Rory stops showing up for this like routine relationship that they have that we really get that between Lorelai and Paris Mm. so it's almost like we get glimpses of it in the first couple of seasons and it's not until season six that it takes place and hits harder because of Rory because I would even say so in the revival yeah I was just about to say that I feel like people who kind of grow and evolve with their friends and subsequently with their friends parents like once you become old enough to refer to your friends parents by their first name you kind of feel more like friends than like yeah you know you feel like equals rather than like this is Haley's mom even though like you (laughs) always feel like it's Haley's mom but the way that Paris speaks to her is just like Lorelai great to see you old friend come on in 
Because I, I think that Paris always kind of felt like Lorelai's equal a little bit. Oh, for sure. So when we actually get there, because one of the things that she says is, our girl Rory. So I feel like at that point, oh, it's totally like, right. less so, <laughs> it's less so like about like being the mother of one of her friends and more so like, Rory's our girl. Mm-hmm. Like we've been watching her. and Which I guess is kind of how she behaves in season six when... Rory decides to drop out of Yale like Paris kind of steps in as more of like an authoritative figure with Lorelai yeah. to be like okay so what are we going to do about this yeah. what are we going to do about the fact that Rory's not a Yale anymore yeah. like it's always a we thing like they're on even ground which you know they are in a way but then in the revival she's I think she's telling her assistant that this woman practically raised me which like when you're looking back at the series it's like Paris you really raised yourself you really did But interestingly, all of the things that you've kind of just brought up, I feel are a little more applicable to Lane. Yeah. Lorelai did, in a sense, raise Lane. But I would say that the amount of times that she also acted as a friend to Lane are kind of like, like they measure up almost the same way. Like you could probably find an equal amount of both mother-daughter moments or pseudo-parent moments and friendship moments between Lorelai and Lane. Yeah, because I don't think Lane would ever necessarily claim that, like, this woman practically raised me. Well, she kind of does, in a sense, in season seven when she asks Rory to be her Lorelai Gilmore. That's that's true. You know? It's, like, her, you know, her other mother. I just love the idea that Paris feels that way about Lorelai. Yeah. That, like, the evidence is there, and it's, like, not necessarily true that they were pals, but, like, Paris claims it which I love but I think it's definitely more true of Lane yeah which is just the nature of it they met in kindergarten Rory and her so she's been there her whole life but when she does ask her to be her Lorelai Gilmore you see what she meant to her even though that's a season seven moment. I know and there are very few of those that we will give credit to but that one was one that I thought was very special but let's get into it let's get into Lane I think the overwhelming response about Lane and Lorelai was the love and war and snow moment. Yeah. Which of course everyone the first that. thing that comes to mind. Yeah. As we all know, Lane touches Rich Blumenfeld's hair. She runs to Lorelai's house because she wants to talk to Rory about it. Rory's not home. She got snowed in in Hartford with her grandparents. And Lorelai comes in, Mackin with Max Medina, <laughs> only to turn around and discover that Lane is there. How many kids did you say you have? What I love about this is that this could be classified in many ways as like a pseudo parent moment. But for me, this is a big friendship moment. But I think that that's like where the line is, like because Lorelai like doesn't really mother so completely because I think there are like we were talking about before of like where she plays the mom card, Mm -hmm. calling Mrs. Kim and kind of like leading her back to like her authoritative figure, so to speak. But the lines are so blurred between mother and friend with Rory and Lorelai that it's so easy to fall into that like weird blurred lines relationship with Rory's friends. And Lane is at the tippy top of that list because Lane is so accessible to Lorelai. Yeah. You did mention that Paris seeks Lorelai out a lot, but like I do also feel like especially in those early episodes, Lane seeks out Lorelai a lot. But I feel like it's so much like more apparent here for Lane that like I guess the conversation of like Rory being her friend versus Lorelai being her friend of like this is a moment when Rory is not showing up but can't really Mm. so like Lorelai is the replacement and like that's why I feel like we don't get a ton of Paris throughout the series is because like we said before of like she's always kind of there per like wherever the setting is Mm -hmm. like Paris is always there whereas like with Lane Rory naturally kind of falls off in some ways Mm. and that's when Lorelai shows up Mm. so it's like pseudo daughter more so you know what episode brett and i watched last night was secrets and loans and that's the episode where 
Lane becomes a cheerleader and doesn't tell Rory. And she and Rory have this confrontation, this fight in the middle of the street. Are you surprised Mrs. Kim let her do that? That's exactly what Brett said. He was like, why did Mrs. Kim let her do this? And I was like, you know. To be fair, those are really long skirts. (laughs) True. But like being a cheerleader, I can never see Mrs. Kim agreeing to that. Anyway, we'll talk about that when we break down that episode. Cheer for the Lord. (laughs) That's probably how she built it. She was like, we're cheering for the Lord, mama. Anyway, it's interesting because when they go to the actual event that night, when like they do the cheerleading routine, when Rory's standing there, she looks so like grossed out. Like, what is she doing? And then Lorelai shows up. Lorelai goes, is that Lane? And she's like, yeah, like you can tell she's like so bugged by it. But by the end of the scene, because Lorelai is the one that's like, oh, look at her go. Like she's just enjoying it. And I think that because of that, that kind of inspires Rory to be like, okay, all right. Like I have to accept it. And Lorelai didn't even really do much in that situation to forge that kind of reaction out of Rory or a change in her demeanor about Lane's very brief stint as a cheerleader, because as we know, this never comes back around. Yeah. But it was interesting to me that like Lorelai set the stage for how Rory felt about it even though Rory had had completely different feelings the entire episode. That's fair, yeah. I didn't think about that. Would she have been able to do that without Lorelai's guidance and without Lorelai being happy for Lane and kind of shifting that narrative for Rory, you know? Yeah. I think that that's a lot of the time when Rory gets written up as being selfish because a lot of like her reactions to things is like kind of like how is this affecting me Mm, a little bit mm -hmm. Lane didn't tell me about it and like the reason she didn't tell me is because like she thought that I would judge her Mm -hmm. and here I am judging Judging her her. so I I can see like that aspect of it where Rory gets kind of like that selfish vibe that Lorelai kind of steps in and is like we're we're happy for her Mm -hmm. your friend is doing something fun yeah Another moment that I think could be classified as either friend or pseudo parent is when Lane ends up leaving her mom's house and she goes to Yale for a brief stint and then she ends up getting asked to leave because it's too much. And she just stays at Lorelai's and Lorelai's like, okay. I love that scene of like, you're staying with me? Listens to the voicemail. Oh yeah, you're staying with me. (laughs) But I do love that she follows it up once again by like really prioritizing the mom card, which is like, just make sure your mom knows that you're staying with me. Yeah. Because when they're um, taping up the window with the Barbie Barbie band-aids, yes, she's like, I'm going into town. Should I... um Is there anyone that you want to talk to in town? That to me is a friendship moment. She's always trying to bring them back together when there's a rift, like her baby shower in season seven. Yeah. People wrote in about that a lot too, because there's a rift between her and her mom. Between? Between Lane and her mom. And Lorelai does what she can. What was the rift about? Sorry, I don't watch this episode because I hate the way that Logan acts in it, so I always skip it. Okay. I (laughs) have not watched this episode in almost a year, so I can't say for sure what exactly the conflict was there. We're really bad at our job here. This is our only job is to know the show. And yet here we are. I to know. be fair, it's season seven. <laughs> Mrs. Kim says she's not coming to the baby shower. And Lorelai like does what she can to like bring the two of them back together. And she does ultimately. Yeah. And I think that's part of why she asks her if she wants to be her Lorelai Gilmore. Yeah. It's like, will you be the one who like, when I only have tofu at my house that like you'll feed my child pizza? Mm. Will you be the one who when I'm warring with my mom, my two twin sons or <laughs> worrying with me that you'll be the one to like guide them back to me Mm -hmm. 
Speaking of Mrs. Kim, huge friendship moment for Lorelai is when she dumps the coffee all over Mrs. Kim's wedding dress. Oh, yeah. That is nothing if not a friend moment. That's a bestie like, right there. I would do that for you. I, absolutely. <laughs> I would totally dump coffee on your ugly wedding dress. Oh, and then she makes a dress and it's awesome. And then she makes it a tearaway. Oh, I love. So good. That's such a good moment. Yeah. Just like the whole wedding in general. Yeah. With the exception of the end. I know you love the conflict, but watching Lorelai fall apart <laughs> like that is really... It's an understatement that it was just sad. I love how, like, Lane is kind of just like, all oh, right. Okay. Yeah. Yeah, that's happening. <laughs> Great. Another really awesome friendship moment between Lorelai and Lane is when Lorelai lets the original Hep Alien, before they were Hep Alien, rehearse in her garage. <laughs> I call them Dave Band. <laughs> yes, the Dave Band, the Dave Rogowski Band. I was trying to, like, give them, like, a Dave Rogowski and the something somethings. Mm. Like Casey and the Sunshine Band. Yeah, Dave Rogowski and the Hep Aliens. Mm-hmm. The <laughs> Follow them to the edge of the desert. Follow them to the edge of the desert. Never gets tired. But anyway, Lorelai lets them rehearse in her garage just so she can like yeah. pursue her dream and, you know, have a good time and have an escape. I think that that's, that's a friendship moment right there. Do you think Lorelai bought the drums? That is the million dollar question. How Literally, did because how much drums? did those drums cost? I mean, I know she works at her mom's shop, but I don't think she pays her to work there. Mm-mm. To the Dave Rogowski band when Lorelai lets it slip to Zach and brian that they're dating Mm -hmm. that kind of felt like a friend moment but also like such a mom moment i'm talking about you guys because you're super cute in front of all your friends Mm -hmm. and then they're like this is an audio medium i always forget i can't make like facial expressions that will convey what i'm saying um (laughs) what what how do you explain the shocked they're just standing there shocked your eyebrows are raised yeah i feel like that's a little bit of a a little bit of a mom just ragging on you in front of your friends about your cutie little relationship. Yeah. Because um, I feel like the friend moments are kind of, to me, defined a little bit as when Rory kind of steps out. Because there's just moments when, like, it feels kind of mom-ish that Rory couldn't necessarily step into. Because, mm. like, how is she going to show up there for Lane in the way that, like, Lorelai would? Because she gets kicked out of Yale. And, like, Rory did her best. She offered her what she had yeah yeah I guess you could argue that Rory also is a friend in that moment by calling her mom and being like hey Lane's gonna stay with you you know it's like how much of it is on Lorelai how much of it is on Rory and I think that also goes hand in hand with the question that we posed at the end of last week's episode was like is Lorelai a better friend to Rory's friends than Rory is or is it just that they kind of tag team to be the best friends that they can be as a team, as the Gilmore girls, rather than as individuals? I think that so clearly shows, like what we were talking about before, about like Rory can't be a friend to her mom unless her mom is a friend to Rory. Mm. Because it's almost like Lorelai takes these friends of hers into this relationship of theirs and treats them as friend and mother at varying situations. But Rory could never do the same for Lorelai's friends. Mm. Like she couldn't have like Luke or Michelle or Suki and like be their friend. She's always going to be like kitten to Suki or like popcorn. Yeah. <laughs> like all of the affectionate names that Suki has for her or like Michelle who finds her like annoying because she keeps stealing his post-its and Luke who will always see her as a little girl. As the angel on top of the Christmas tree. Yeah. Yeah. So like she can never really like reciprocate it. She can't really return the favor. Yeah. Yeah. Back to what we were talking about at the very beginning. Rory is a little bit of an August girl. 
Like, mm. cancel my plans just in case you'd call. She's living for the hope of it all, but it's always, like, about boys and always about, mm. like, school. And like we said before, we're, like, Rory seems so focused on her self-development and sometimes that comes across as really selfish, but it's so instilled in her that that's, like, what she's supposed to do that mm. it's almost like Lorelai comes along behind her and picks up all of, like, the moments that Rory might not be able to show up for. Mm-hmm. Everyone always talks about Rory's not a good friend. Well, people say that about Lorelai, too, which yeah. is kind of why we brought this up. But it up. kind of feels like you want to say that Lorelai is a better friend to Rory's friends. Because, like, when we first talked about that, I was like, oh, yeah, for sure. But the more that we talk about it, I feel like it's hard to even classify and say, like, one is better than the other. And that's okay. We don't have to agree that she's a a better friend or... Do you think she is? (sighs) Do we disagree? (laughs) No. Here's what what I think. I would say that Lorelai is there for Lane more than Rory is there for Lane. It's not necessarily Mm. about, like, is she a better friend? It's more that, like, she's there more for... Rory and some of that is circumstantial because Lane ends up staying in Stars Hollow like I said before Lorelai is more accessible to her than Rory is sometimes but I would argue then Rory then ends up spending a lot of time with Paris especially in the last four seasons just because of the nature of where Paris falls in like the setting of the story exactly so I would say that Rory was there for Paris more than Lorelai was but again I think a lot of these things are circumstantial I would argue that Lorelai was there for Lane more because she took on more of a pseudo parent role and a friend role whereas with Paris those moments were few and far between they were there but Paris is an unreliable narrator in saying that this woman basically raised yeah. her because that is not true. But if yeah. Lane were to say that, like I said before, I would completely it was agree. real to her, even if it wasn't true. Sure, but I would completely agree with Lane saying yeah. that because in a way, Lorelai did raise her. Her mother raised yeah. her. Mrs. Kim did raise her, but just in a very different way. There were parts of the relationship that Lane had with Lorelai that fostered the growth that she needed in ways that Mrs. Kim could yeah. not. I think without a Lorelai, Lane wouldn't have like join the ban and wouldn't have felt like she could have done that like it would have it would have fallen Mm -hmm. apart really quickly because I think a lot of the time Lorelai was like that like cheerleader to her which is what maybe what Lorelai needed for sure and so I think that it's maybe not posing the question of was Lorelai a better friend to either of these girls it's more of like who was she there to support was she more supportive of these girls than Rory yeah and I think that for Lane, I would argue that Lorelai was more supportive to Lane than Rory was, but I do think some of that was more circumstantial. I would argue that Rory was more supportive of Paris for most of their friendship. I would say that Lorelai supplemented that during season six. No, I totally agree because you know what this like, because I almost feel like Lorelai has this expectation of like, that's kind of how she's going to be towards Rory's friends because she's like, feels like that 16 year old. She feels like she needs to pull in Mm. all of these people and kind of teach them her experience because Mm -hmm. I think that the way, because I, you see it go right with all of these people. Like you see it go right with Lane and Paris and like, Even Mm -hmm. sometimes with Dean, where she gives Dean advice about how to Mm -hmm. show up for Rory or like (laughs) when they break up and she's like, it doesn't mean we broke up. A little too much chemistry when she said it, but like, you know, she's still like showing up as his friend. Um, Yeah. It makes me 
kind of glad that we get this moment where it doesn't work out because when Jess shows up in town, what does she immediately try to do? She tries to be his friend. Mm. And so it's like this idea of like she expected to come in and be like the 16 year old that she feels like she is where she can like relate to people who are Roy's friends. And like, of course, Mm -hmm. they haven't become friends yet. We're still like he just rolled up into town in this episode where they're on the porch and she's trying to take the beer back from him and be like the cool Mm -hmm. person of like, I've been there. And you almost feel like they're going to start to have this like pseudo parent friend relationship that we've seen her develop with Lane and like slightly Mm. with Paris, not quite to the degree that we get in later seasons, Mm -hmm. but like we're not seeing it work out. And like, why is it this kid is not falling under her like pseudo mother spell? Why will this kid not be Mm. her friend, you know? And to that effect, he is one of the characters we see that kind of falls under the pseudo father category because of his relationship with Luke. And so to see him kind of reject a pseudo parent on the outset and then welcome one in in his character arc is really interesting. Which does he welcome him in? Well, we'll have more to say on that next episode. Follow us on Instagram at Gilmore to Say Podcast and make sure you subscribe to us on whatever platform you're currently listening to us on now as we will have a new episode out every Tuesday because we always have more to say. And if you have more to say, find us on Patreon where you can support the pod, join our Gilmore Obsessed community, and access bonus episodes every month. We're having a really, really weird day today. <laughs> That's all right. You, you guys you talk now. <laughs> me talk now? All right. You don't have to ask me twice. Oh, this is going to be fun to edit. Sorry. What are we talking about again? Say goodbye to your credit card rewards. Greedy corporate megastores led by Walmart and Target are pushing for a law in Congress to take away your hard-earned cash back and travel points to line their pockets. The Durbin Marshall credit card bill would enact harmful credit card routing mandates that would end credit card rewards as we know it. If you love your credit card rewards, tell your lawmakers, hands off my rewards. Tell them to oppose the Durbin Marshall credit card bill.